0: Hello and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. Have you heard that the inaugural Landscape Photography World Awards is now open for entries? Early bird entry is available now at a discounted fee until September 30, 2022. Head to landscapephotographyworldawards.com to find out all the details and how to enter. There's some amazing prizes to be won and I'll be publishing a book and a calendar with the top images at the end of the competition, so there's plenty to look forward to. Entries close on November 30, 2022, so there's plenty of time to get your entry sorted, but if you want to get into the early birds, do it now. I'd also like to thank the judges who have agreed to work with me and be a big part of the awards. Deb Clark, Victoria Hark, Kieran Stone and William Patino. I certainly couldn't make this competition a reality without their support. Sarah Boychuk has been a photographer since she was a child. She photographed on film and was published at a young age. After school, she decided to move into the medical field, following two degrees and getting deep into nursing. It was there she was truly reminded how precious and finite life is. Taking pictures freezes a time in life that is never replicated for that brief moment. Time stands still. She cherishes that so deeply and seeks this stillness in everything she does. Living in Canada, Sarah gets to enjoy adventures in all seasons. Hiking, kayaking, skiing, snorkelling and a whole lot of general frolicking in nature. We discuss how she made the decision to move into full-time photography and where that journey has taken her, along with a lot more. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi Sarah, welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going?
1: Very good, thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty good, pretty good. It's a nice sunny day here in Sydney. Whereabouts are you?
1: I am just outside the Rockies, the Canadian Rockies, um, about an hour away in Calgary.
0: Okay, cool. I know some people in Calgary, so
1: beautiful place. Have you been?
0: I have, yeah. I was there in twenty nineteen in December, so midwinter. It was uh, it was very very cool in a lot of ways. It was it was cold, but uh, <laughs> it was also very cool seeing uh, frozen landscapes. It's not something we get a lot of here. You know, we we do have snow up in in the highest mountains we've got, which are what about? about 2900 uh feet you know so not 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 real big (laughs) um (laughs) compared to uh being there in the rockies and uh yeah did a couple of cool things like walking on frozen lakes and uh you know managed to get up to the northwest territories as well and see uh the aurora which was nice
1: fantastic
0: yeah that was good fun Talk to me a bit about who you are and why you got started with photography and why Landscapes.
1: All right. I will try to make it as short and sweet as possible. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride. So my photography journey started when I was young, actually. I used to shoot film before shooting film was cool because that's all we had back in the day Mm -hmm. and just shot what I could and then got really into photography, actually, to the point where when I was about 18, I kind of had to decide between going to like a photography art school, or like a a medical health science school. And um, I ended up going for the medical route back then, I just wasn't as brave as I would be now. And really fell off the photography train until my second degree and really what what brought it back for me was being in the mountains and seeing what I got to see and just feeling compelled to start telling some some stories and then ever since then I it's been in my hands since.
0: Fantastic so what is it that you're chasing in your photography what what is it that really drives the 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 fire or lights the fire inside you around photography
1: i love that question and my favorite thing to do is seek stillness in wilderness so going out there in the harshest conditions i love the middle of the winter i love putting myself in these tricky situations and just finding absolute stillness and meditation out there and capturing the calm in that wilderness, that's that's what drives me to get up at crazy hours and stay up crazy hours and bring heavy gear with me.
0: (laughs) So would you classify yourself as more of an adventure photographer as opposed to landscape or, you know, in, in the middle between the two?
1: That's such a great question. And I often think about that because I am capturing landscapes out there, but you're right. I often do have to hike or ski or snowshoe or something. So I, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the middle. I, I almost steer away from adventure photography because I don't want people to think I'm tougher than I am or I'm cooler than I am, you know, but yeah, somewhere in the middle for sure.
0: Cool. Cool. So, what's your approach, I guess, to that photography in terms of making art? Um, I guess you know you you start off usually in most people's journeys documenting what they see, and at some point there's a bit of a trigger that goes off in people's heads, it might be gradual and might be where they start. Uh, but it's really around how you then start to say, okay, well, now I want to turn this into art as opposed to just here's a photo of a nice scene that I saw. And I guess what I want to know is where where that sort of triggered for you and what what really kicked off the the artistic bent as opposed to just the, the documentary bent.
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. And again, my photography kicked back up when I started hiking and, and documenting mountains primarily. And I really feel like I hone in on my process now. And I always try to say, I don't want to be too close-minded, but when I'm out there, I'm really just looking for, it, it's hard to explain almost, but just peaceful compositions, things that you almost wouldn't know that were difficult to get to. I'm really drawn to like soft colors, soft palettes, soft moods as you would say Um, and really I wouldn't steer on the side of minimalism but simplistic enough so that you can take in the landscape but you know only seeing minimal colors or only having so much in that composition so um, I feel like I'm always in the middle of everything but really just trying to find peace with those different elements if that makes sense
0: yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And how would you describe your style to somebody that's not seen your work before?
1: Yeah, I love that question because um, when I joined Twitter, somebody defined it for me and I really loved it, so I stole it. They, um, it's defined as serene, calm, and contemplative. And Fantastic. I kind of I stole that <laughs> from them. Um, and, again, I think that comes from the colours you see, the compositions you see kind of what i choose to to show so hopefully that comes across
0: yeah okay and how do you feel that's developed over time and is it still developing or are you sort of and i don't want to say you know you're in a in a rut or anything but you know are are you sort of settled and happy with that being your style or are you trying to extend and move into into different uh aspects of uh of style that's
1: I love that question too, because I'm so happy that that's what people think of me when they see my work and I'm really glad I can portray something in my work, but I'm always open to trying new things. And I think, I don't know, I think you can create really great art if you just stay open. So always open to trying um, new work, but I mean, I'll pretty much always Get what I'm focusing on right now when I'm out there.
0: Sure, sure. And are you a, a planner or a more spontaneous shooter? So are you? I mean, obviously, if you're getting uh, off the beaten track and up in some of the backcountry there in uh, in the Rockies, you you want to do a bit of planning before you go. But are you going out with a, an idea about, say, you know, there's a particular mountain or particular lake that you want to get to, and you want to you know, capture that before you go or are you more reactive to the landscape as you're walking through it?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a planner in regards to a lot of the hiking and the trekking and the locations I want to go and just kind of knowing generally what I'm going to get when I go up there but I always I think it's important to stay open um a because of managing expectations and also because you may just see something when you're there I find once I'm settled in and kind of um seeing the lay of the land a bit more then I can um settle into what I want so definitely planning but staying open actually in the field
0: Mm, okay so how much time would you spend you know before going out are you you know spending months days thinking about where you want to be or you know planning your autumn shots in in spring and summer or or, or are you you know more more about you know okay well this weekend looks good the forecast looks good let's go
1: it's such a mix so you know there are some hikes that have just been on my list for so long and there's just so many so sometimes it is a year until i get there so um, the hike I'm going to do next week technically has been on my list for years. It's just hard to to make the time uh, sometimes. So yeah, there's yeah. definitely that for sure. Um, but with the Canadian weather, for example, um, sometimes you have to be flexible and uh-huh. switch up what you're doing. So it's always a bit of both. I try not to be too um, hard pressed or serious about it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So I mean, when, when you get out into the field, are you, you know, um, spending a bit of time wandering around and, you know, just trying to sort out what the what the the composition is going to be, or are you sort of got a pretty good idea about where you want to be and you've done all that planning in, say, photo pills or something beforehand?
1: Yeah, I I love using photo pills. I do just find. I don't know what it is, but I do need to be there. I need to kind of be in the environment, walk around, sit there, ingest it, um, just to really get a sense. I just sometimes notice myself if I don't do that, I kind of wish that I could go back. Sometimes I don't have a lot of time in these places, right? So it really depends, but prefer to climb as much as possible and then get there and just really immerse myself and explore
0: yeah yeah so i guess one one of the things that uh a, a number of people have asked me to to ask some of the photographers that i talked about uh or talk to is uh how do you feel when you're shooting
1: hmm. that's a great question
0: <laughs> yeah i like oh.
1: yeah that's a great question I mean I want to say it's always pure joy and bliss but sometimes I'm (laughs) so exhausted I mean it depends on again I do a lot of hiking and trekking of course so sometimes I'm just so exhausted and sometimes I'm really excited I mean I got a piece a couple weeks ago that I was just so excited about I could cry like I was so happy and then for the most part you know the standard i just feel like really just in the flow just really calm just really like content and um everything else just kind of melts away when i get focused
0: yeah yeah and i think that's that's the key is you know that uh flow state i guess that people Mm. get into when they're when they're in the field uh, and you know that feeling of just total concentration of you know going through that process of of what you got to do to uh to to capture what you want to capture how much of your success would you attribute to your ability to communicate well
1: i think communication and anything is key so truly when i started picking up the camera again i didn't even share my work i i truthfully didn't think anybody was really going to care to to be transparent and I kind of just started slowly posting it and I think what maybe have caught on was because I consider myself a storyteller so I and that sounds really simplistic but I would I would pair the photos with stories of the struggles I was going through on those hikes or what yeah. I learned because I always learned something new so I kind of paired them together. And I think that's what got people really interested in them. And I don't do that for every photo per se, but those are my most impactful pieces of work when I combine the two. So I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, however you can, however you want to get it across um, with your personality is definitely through
0: communication. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. sort of things have you learned? Uh you know, that that to me is something that's really uh impactful is when when you go out and you go, Oh, I've just discovered something new. You know, what what sort of things are you know are you talking about when you when you say you've uh, discovered something?
1: Oh, it's it's so funny because it's something different every single time. And I've been doing this for like a decade, but you know, some hikes it'll be or adventures it'll be like yeah you're braver than you think you are or you're a lot stronger than you think you are or um you can push through more than you think you can or it's okay to have a bad day like just anything you could think of good bad ugly whatever I really love sharing those little tidbits because even if you don't do those crazy things they're all relatable to your daily life so yeah lots of things yeah
0: I really, really like how you're sort of linking it to your personal growth and, you know, your your, your own personal story, I guess, as well as the, the story that you're telling with the uh, the images themselves. Um, how do you, I guess, put that across to somebody, you know, that um, is new to your work and, and so forth? You know, without necessarily telling the story in text underneath the the image or whatever, you know, how do you how do you kind of try to get that expression across in the in, in the images that you you're creating?
1: That's a good question, and I'd almost have to ask people who are newer to my work because I think with my work, at least what I've seen recently is people say like wow it's a great image but then when I read the description or I talk to you more it's even more impactful so I still have a lot of learning and growth to to happen there I mean of course we want to convey these things in our imagery but sometimes like I personally love pairing written word with with photography so um that's that's how I do it right now
0: yeah cool how do you define success in your photography?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. I photography isn't the only thing that I do. So I feel like I don't have that pressure that maybe some other people do. So for me the success is about creating what I want to mm-hmm. create and telling the stories that I want to get across um autonomously and success really has felt lately like people saying that they're inspired by what I do either to get outside more or be a little more brave today or just improve their lives even if they don't do exactly what I do just by me being the person that I am so really just inspiring other people to to live their best life however that looks
0: sure that's fantastic that's a that's amazing mm-hmm. um you mentioned that it's not the only thing you do so how do you balance your your lifestyle your photography versus you know what some people call real life yeah
1: yes. <laughs> I remember, oh. I
0: remember, uh, early on you know somebody saying to me yeah well you can't really do photography as a real job of. <laughs>
1: I know. It's a it's a new world now though. I feel like certainly. Um, I how do I balance it? I'm very tired all of the time, but I'm so fulfilled by it. So I really am just truthfully very strict with my time. And everything that's important to me makes its way in there eventually. And you know, I do a lot of Northern Lights chasing up here, so if that means i gotta be a little tired the next day have a little extra coffee that's no problem uh some days are easier than others but just really being um, uh, intentional with my time i would say
0: so what what is it that you do outside of uh, photography
1: yes something completely different so i am a Canadian manager for a private healthcare company. So I'm a registered nurse by practice and mm-hmm. I currently manage nurses. So yep. I'm still in the healthcare field right now, um, which just allows me to just have yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I can just have my full creative um autonomy on the side. So busy nice. busy. Nice.
0: Do you try to make any money out of your photography uh, or is it just how, i guess how do you see it is Is it just a bit of a side hustle slash hobby or is it more of a a passion and you know you' you're driven to eventually make it your your main source of income?
1: yeah, I definitely have revved it up in the past year and a half or so and actually being able to make some income from it, which is great. I feel like going out of my comfort zone and being on social media more has really opened up opportunities. Um, so I will take on adventurous portrait clients. I will um you know sell prints and of course digital collectibles in the web 3 space. Um, so it's roughing up i also just restarted my blog again just to kind of have that more long-form discussion with my work so Mm. it's i definitely see different paths um and i would love to i love the northern lights and i i love showing people the northern lights so hopefully i can embed that as well so just just slowly just uh keeping it really true to me
0: fantastic what's uh i I guess in You you talked a little bit about uh, having, what was it, adventure uh, portrait clients.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Talk to to me a bit about what adventure portraitry portraitry is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's basically like any other portrait work, but I I love people who want to hike with me and then I'll take their pictures or couples who want photos up on a mountain, say, versus in a studio, like, you know, just... uh, spicing up the portraits a little bit because we've got no shortage of good backdrops here so
0: yeah 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 i mean i've, yeah. se- I've seen people you know they um get a, a helicopter up to the top of a mountain to do a, a a marriage proposal or something like that and yeah. they, they take a photographer with them which yeah. you know <laughs> must be quite quite an interesting sort of adventure is that something you've done yourself or
1: not yet, but I actually just moved to this location almost a year ago now and they're much more popular here so certainly it would be open if anyone's adventurous and wanting to come
0: would absolutely yeah. yeah that's really cool um yeah. how do you price your work this is a question i think a lot of photographers uh, ask themselves and ask others how, you know if some if somebody wants to buy your work how do they how do they engage and and you know, how, how do you actually set your price?
1: Mm-hmm. Pricing question. So it depends on what it is, of course. Um, for prints, I tr- I try to keep it by commission only right now so that I can see it, have a touch on it, look at it, and send it out, which is a very long process. Yeah. Um, so that, that pricing, of course, is a little bit... Uh, more just being able to of course cover the cost of the print and get it to that individual um, portrait sessions again I'm pretty flexible and I would say like my most expensive work is my digital collect like digital collectibles on web3 space so I because it's not full-time I wouldn't give out my numbers because I don't want yeah, yeah, to no,
0: work. Not asking, I'm not <laughs> asking for numbers. I'm I'm more interested Ooh. in the in the process around how you actually, you know, h- how would you peg your work Because, you know, if you yeah. base it on the amount of effort that you've put into a shot, the emotional connection yeah. you've got with a shot, how how do you how do you think about it in, in terms Great. of putting a price on it? You know, because there, there's lots of different ways to come up with that that number. The number that per se it doesn't matter though you know
1: <laughs> okay good because some people are big numbers people and i'm yeah, not yeah. I'm I, I, I know like, some
0: people are probably listening to this going, tell us the number tell us the number
1: <laughs> i know and that's just not not me so it's the same with with gear kind of thing but uh for work i i do put a bit of a quote-unquote premium on stuff that takes more effort only because and that might be controversial but honestly if i'm going out there and i'm hurting and i'm in pain and you know i'm i'm struggling for it i am gonna put a little bit of a premium on it Mm. um versus like a, a parking lot shot and that's just because that's what i do um and then depending on other work it just again depends on maybe the time involved and things like that but a lot of what i do i just talk to the client, collector, this that, see what they're looking for, and then I go from from there because I have that flexibility right now.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And I guess a, a part of it might also be the uniqueness of the composition or something like that as well.
1: Yeah, certainly.
0: Where do you like to shoot the most? Obviously, the Rockies is um, you know a, a, a massive area and I'm not asking for your secret spots, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, give me a general direction, you know, is it is it Banff, Canmore, is it Jasper, is it, you know, further north up in, you know, in, in the, the, the further reaches?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I love shooting in Kananaskis. I love shooting in, I mean, Banff, Jasper, <clears throat> anywhere in the Rockies. You know, there's so many hikes here. I haven't gotten bored and I've (laughs) done a lot of them. Um, So I really like just shooting here. I'm so happy that this is my home. I also really enjoy the north, which I I know you mentioned you visited. I need to spend more time up there, but that's a really special landscape place too, I think.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, particularly some of the the, the areas in the Northwest Territories are, are quite different to... You know that when you get into the sort of uh, what do they call it the Cromholtz sort of landscape where the, the the trees can't grow more than about a foot and a half three foot maybe in, in height exactly. and you know you've got the the tundra and everything around it, it is a very different landscape to uh, to what you see in the Rockies. Mm-hmm. What's the furthest you've traveled to get a shot?
1: A lot of my treks are a hundred kilometers at a time. So if we consider those, but if we're talking actual travel the dolomites were on my list for a very long time and i finally got to go this summer and i mean the primary reason was for photography and hiking um there was really good food though
0: so okay cool (laughs) have you got any favorite locations that just keep drawing you back and if so not again not asking for the secret spots, but you know, are there? What What is it about those spots that draw you back? Is it that you haven't nailed it? Is it the? It, it just something that you really want to just keep shooting.
1: Yeah, there is. So there's a few special mountains where I just, I just feel like the views are world class, and I could go a million times, even if I've got shots. Um, I'm particularly drawn to any landscape with ice mm-hmm. uh, so either like frozen lakes frozen bubbles ice caves snow caves i just think a a lot of people don't love shooting in the winter so i love getting out there and it's really quiet um but it's just such a a fleeting thing that i'm really really drawn to it and i'm really excited that it's almost winter right now
0: mm-hmm. so i guess- where you live influences uh, what you shoot. Obviously, you know, you just rattled off mountains and, uh, you know, the, the, the ice caves and frozen lakes and so forth. Does it influence how you shoot?
1: Does it influence how I shoot? I would like to think not, but, I mean, our styles are always influenced by so many different things. I mean, even when I travel somewhere else, I do carry my, my styles with me and what I'm looking for. Excuse me but hmm, that's a good question. What do you think about that question?
0: Well, I think some people, I mean for me, I do a lot of seascapes. So mm-hmm. uh, at at sunrise, sunset, more sunrise than sunset, but uh that means that I'm always working usually you know in most conditions uh with high dynamic range, which then Sort of says okay well i can either use grad filters which i don't own and because i don't own them i then kind of have to bracket shot so that that's kind of what i'm talking about in terms of you know how where i live and therefore what i shoot influences how i shoot to, to a certain degree and i'm just just sort of trying to you know link those relationships between place subject and technique
1: that's yeah that's actually really interesting and i'd have to see what other people say because i i'm in such a zone right now where i'm shooting the same thing the same concepts and then even my travel plans are all based around the same concepts i haven't shot something different in a while but certainly it would it would change of course it would um mountains require certain you know, lenses, um, Mm -hmm. definitely, again, uh, sunrise, sunset, and night photography, so a lot of that's transferable, but um, I'm so used to shooting, like, big, big mountains, big caves, things like that, so um, there's certainly some some gear and technique involved that I probably don't even think about, because I do it so often. (laughs)
0: yeah and i guess and that that's what interests me is you know what what are the the things that you don't normally think about because they're they're just so automatic and that that's one of the reasons why i asked that question is because for a lot of people Mm. you know well i go i go and shoot these you know let's say it's waterfalls you know i go and shoot these so i'm always shooting you know or mostly shooting that you know Um, maximum one to two second exposure you know I'm always you know making sure that I'm managing you know shooting for the highlights and but managing what I'm doing in the shadows and so forth because those sorts of environments require you to to shoot a certain way you know if you want to I mean I've seen some very creative stuff around you know zooming right into details on waterfalls for example and mountains and uh, and so forth so you know you you can still be quite unique in what you do if you're creative enough about it um, and i'm not you know sort of saying anyone's not being unique or anything but you know it there, there's lots of different ways of shooting and I, i'm just interested as i say in that link between you know, location, subject, and uh, and and technique, and how they how the they interrelate in your mind. You know,
1: such a fascinating question, and I was thinking about that while you were um, speaking as well. I recently bought a telephoto, and I started lugging it up on hikes because just trying to get again, just like you said, just trying to switch it up and get different things and yeah sometimes you'll bring like different pieces of gear to to switch it up i think sometimes we do get really used to what we're shooting and we can almost go on autopilot so you got to keep it fun and switch it up yeah
0: yeah and i guess that's that's the 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 reason i asked that is just to try and Mm -hmm. draw out okay how how much do you think about what it is that you do and and how much how much does where you live actually uh or you know where you shoot most i guess you know I- influence that and you know i'm also interested in whether it's your style and the way that you want to shoot that influences most or your reaction to the landscape that influences most i guess
1: hmm. that's also really interesting i feel like yeah i i feel like for me I, I i don't want to say it's on autopilot but i i am just so zoned in on what i want to shoot I really don't think about it and I actually have gotten better about stopping to think about things sometimes because when you're adventuring and you're sometimes shooting on the go it's you have to capture what's in front of you um don't you're not always spending a lot of time thinking about your technique sometimes you Mm -hmm. don't have time so that's really interesting but I've been able to slow down um this year a little bit and really
0: hone in on that kind of stuff and think about it more yeah <laughs> yeah I, and to be honest I think that's really important is you mm-hmm. know taking that time out to to think about what it is that you're doing and you know a little bit about why you're doing it so so that you, you, you're not you know getting out and uh you know just taking snapshots you know or, or just going into as you say sort of that autopilot mode and just sort of Going okay. Well, I'm just doing the same old thing that I normally do. Yeah, because everyone gets into their comfort zones. So I I know that you know, I, I I know the settings and I know how to get what I want. But there's sometimes when I go okay, well, let's change it up and do something different. You know, and you know, in, so instead of uh, you know just doing a a normal quarter of a second flow shot of some you know the 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 sunrise and the the, the water flowing. Um, let's move to a little bit earlier in the day, get there extra early before there's a lot of light and sit there and do a seven or eight minute exposure, you know. And so it, which is a completely different look, completely different style of photo, but, you know, still may contain a lot of the elements that you're already working with, you know. What do you think the practice of photography has taught you about nature?
1: Hmm. I've always loved nature. I grew up outside. I grew up in the country. But for me, it just brings me that that much closer. Um, a lot of the places that I'm able to go often don't have a lot of people and you really just get to observe nature in its state. And it just Makes me appreciate it that much more and really want to protect it that much more. And um, really interestingly, started bringing my partner out with me. And I can see it's had that effect on him too. So that's why I keep sharing my stories and keep um, showing people what I do. Because even if I get to see it every day, I think I forget that not everybody gets to.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I think that's a really important message, you know, is sharing your work is not necessarily about you know boasting about where you live or what you've been able to shoot it's actually sharing it to show people um you know this is this is something that i've been able to see and you know it's I, i think it's just fantastic that people can relate and connect to other people's work even though they've never been in that landscape themselves
1: absolutely and it invites people in as well that you know don't have access or or can't um, get to these places it just it connects us i mean we're talking across the world right now right so i just it's a it's a really special way to connect i think that's what i enjoy
0: totally totally in terms of the the hikes that you're doing you know you're talking about a 100 kilometer hike for example what are you what are you carrying with you? How do you pare yourself down? and you know how long I guess how long has it taken you to 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 nail getting that pack just the right amount of weight so that you know you're not you're not staggering around. <laughs> um, um, you know you're going to be able to get out there and get back?
1: Yeah, it's heavy, and i I would rather take gear than more food, so i <laughs> i i I bring one camera body I bring usually two lenses so twenty four to seventy and then uh my telephoto, which goes up to two hundred mm-hmm. so that's what I can bear it down to, and tripods, even though they're also terribly heavy um but then luckily, now that my partner is getting into it, he will carry a camera body and <laughs> two lenses. So we can kind of scheme the system a little bit. But yeah, the minimum I'll do for gear is um,
0: it's not one nice camera, have a, uh, two lenses. Nice to have a Sherpa with you, is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we can just get a little bit more range that way. But honestly, I I can pretty much be happy with my 24 to 70 most times. Sometimes I want a 14. but for the most part, that lens has, has seen some places.
0: Yeah, cool. What's the most memorable experience you've had in photography?
1: <laughs> That's such a tough question. <laughs> I've had so many. And I that almost sounds like I'm boasting saying that. But every time I think I've had the ultimate experience, something else happens. But really what's, what's fresh in my mind was a couple weeks ago, I really wanted to go... To this one particular place in BC so we had to drive really far and it's quite a hike and I was really stressed because there was supposed to be a thunderstorm but it was the only weekend that I could get it done Um, and I was trying to shoot for a project and when we got up there uh, we did get nailed with a hailstorm and but what came out of it was just you know one of my favorite pictures I've taken, and so why I love situations like that is because sometimes things don't always go right, but there's al o- there's always beauty in it, and um it was so rural that we were the only ones that got to experience that, so the fact that I was able to capture it and then bring it home for everybody it just it was really special, so that makes me really happy
0: nice, nice. Do you have any horror stories from your photo career?
1: Oh, lots of horror stories too. Um, I mean, in the Yukon a couple of years ago, we're just trying to get out, hike, and shoot, and I sprained my ankle, and we got stuck in a snowstorm. Didn't have any good shots from that day. There's been a few hikes where I just had to turn around because it was, you know, conditions are bad, too dangerous you know seen a few bears on the trail stuff like that no shortage of (laughs) fun stuff out there
0: that's uh, i mean that's something that we don't really have to worry about here in australia for example maybe maybe snakes and spiders and things like that but uh yeah how do you how do you handle coming face to face with a bear have you have you ever come face to face or has he just been up the trail and you've sort of turned around and gone the other way
1: yeah i'm so jealous because i feel like a lot of other people's photography experiences are so much more pleasant but (laughs) yes i've been about five feet away from a bear so we were doing this hike in bc went to the summit for sunrise got our shots came back down and when you come back down it's they're called switchback so you kind of go straight take a turn so on and so forth and uh you know just going pretty fast on the down and then did a turn and there was a bear right there having breakfast like five feet away. Wow. And I mean, you always know he can tell you to stay calm, but when they're right in front of you and they're so big, different I story, mean, okay. it's different story, they're so beautiful. But luckily, he just wanted breakfast and we just had to wait it out. Um, so no problems there, but honestly, whenever I'm out there, I'm always looking behind my back just in case.
0: <laughs> yeah I remember my daughter she uh, spent some time in um uh, in Canada and uh, came a, came across a bear she was actually a uh, coordinator at one of the summer camps there uh, in um in uh, not far, not far from Calgary. I say not far, probably about 200 kilometres away from Calgary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they uh, they came sort of face to face with a bear in in the camp. It, came, it was a juvenile and came uh, wandering through, and they were uh, they were a bit freaked out. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's scary. They're pretty big in person, but for the most part, they're they're doing their yeah. Thing. They're not
0: really interested in what we're doing. I guess they're just. No. Uh, Trying to get get around and get get something to eat nor, normally.
1: Yeah,
0: I guess one of the things I'm I'm interested in uh, for everyone that I talk to is the importance of goals and projects. And I know some people, you know, define projects differently. For me, a project could just be one one shot that you get. It could also be part of a you know larger portfolio of work. Um, I guess how do you define your goals, and how do you how do you work towards you know building those projects, and uh, you know managing your your time and effort in in completing them?
1: Yeah, and I do think the balance of goals and being open um, can lead you to the best opportunities and. You know, this year, I've really just been focusing. My goals have just been to get the best shots ever. I moved close to the Rockies. I mean, it's been a, a, a wild year of just getting shots that I've always wanted to. And I'm going to continue to do that. I have a long list on my phone that never ends. Um, I also have other bigger goals, of, you know, facilitating you know, workshops or help for people who want to come and experience it, maybe people who like hiking a little more. I really love showing people the lights. I think seeing their face for the first time is so special. And I love teaching people how to get a shot they can at least go home with. So integrating that hopefully and you know i just love talking to people about photography again because i think at least like for my work and the impact i want to have sometimes the words have to go with the the shots so really just focusing on you know um growing the blog and written form and and also speaking about it so that's where i'm at Mm -hmm.
0: cool cool what's your routine when you get on site you've you know hiked 50 kilometers, for example, and you, you know, you're at this beautiful lake with a mountain behind it, and you've seen those reflections. Are you straight into it, drop the tripod down, put the camera up and away you go, or are you more contemplative and take your time around setting things up first?
1: Yeah, I it depends. I really prefer to do the contemplative route. Uh, usually need a little break, get my surroundings, walk around and get the best. Composition and of course depends on the <clears throat> time of day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there is that little bit of like settling in as much as possible. Sometimes you don't have that that grace period. Yeah, the lights and just, going uh... off. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't always have that, but yeah, if I had a preference, I would definitely um I just feel like I don't know, it just takes me a little while just to to see my surroundings and make sure I go home with something i'm i'm happy with so yeah usually take a break settle in have a snack and then start looking for compositions and where i am
0: cool so you've nailed your shot and you've you've got home you've hiked 50ks back and got in the car and got back home are you too exhausted to get into editing straight away and you you leave it for a while or are you so excited that you got to get into it
1: this is such a funny question because I feel like I learned a couple weeks ago that I'm not the only one. So sometimes I'll get home, you know, edit right away because I'm just I'm so excited and I can see it in my head. Other yeah. times I'll wait a whole year. I am so uh, backlogged like in my <laughs> in it's so bad and I was talking it out with a few other artists and I think sometimes I don't know. I just, I can't force it. And as soon as it comes, I can edit it like right away. But sometimes they just need to sit and simmer and it's very unproductive, but it's just the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So are you tweaking? Are you, you know, making major edits? Are you, you know, doing lots of focus stacking and, you know, lots of layers or are you more into minimalist editing?
1: Great question. I lean more on the minimalist edit side, but I know there are people who are more minimalist than me. So a theme of this talk seems to be I'm in the middle. So (laughs) I definitely go, you know, I mostly hang out in Lightroom. I'm not big into Photoshop. The reason why I work so hard for these pictures is to try to get something that felt close to what was there. just personally um so really uh, minimal colors tones um really looking for like those soft tones and colors and just color preferences and you know for like the northern lights I have like a certain um way that I like them color graded but that's usually where that will that will end
0: yeah okay what about printing? You mentioned, uh, you know, doing prints for clients. Do you print your own work for, for your own walls or?
1: No. So I do use a printer and I use a couple, um, one from the States and one from Canada. And I, my favourite thing is metal prints. So I, uh yep. you know, I always love telling people about those because those are so impactful and so. I'm, I'm addicted to
0: acrylics myself. So.
1: Oh yes, yeah, just something so extra special about those. But yeah, again, prints are um, mostly handled externally. I'm not that, not yeah. that skilled in the office. <laughs>
0: well, I guess the the, I mean, it's a bit of a dark art, and I'm I'm certainly mm. service myself. You doing a lot of work to prep an image for printing beforehand and what's what's the conversation like i guess with you with your printing services
1: yeah you know i've learned a lot online and some really talented friends on on prepping images uh, for prints so if i ever do get a request i do kind of do a little extra pass and extra session just to make sure everything's um you know bright enough sharp enough what have you and my monitor is not the best so that's a whole other
0: calibrations yeah
1: and it's just the monitor that I have as well we're looking at a new one but regardless that's okay and um, honestly my printers have been really great for the most part I've never seen an image that I'm unhappy with maybe i'm just lucky and just tweaking it enough that um i'm happy with it but i usually just do it when the order comes in
0: sure sure have you ever hit a creative wall and if so how do you mm-hmm. handle it
1: yeah I, I don't want to say often but i feel like we should like we should normalize hitting walls i once i moved to a beautiful place i thought i'd be inspired 24 7 Some days I'm just, I'm not. And even if I hike to a beautiful place, like sometimes I really just am exhausted creatively or we've just been out shooting for weeks at a time or the Northern Lights have been so frequent that I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm at a block. Um, So yeah, I think it's totally normal and totally common. And what I find has been helping is just, going to other places and kind of like we were talking about before going to places i normally wouldn't shoot um we normally go north a couple weeks ago we went south and just changing up your environment i think can um can really help at least for myself anyways
0: yeah 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 i think it can kick start you know a bit bit of a, a fresh location or a you know, a a fresh look at something different, you know, for example, you know, I mean, one one of the ways that I try to uh, do that is I mix it up between sort of getting into the city because, you know, we're here in Sydney, you've got the harbour and all the rest of that. So there's usually water involved. Sorry about that. I'll have to edit that out. Usually water involved, but uh, I, you know, I, I tend to mix it up between, you know, getting into the city, doing a bit of street photography, doing, uh, you know, seascapes, going and doing waterfalls and whatever, and just that in itself, you know, that, and that's aside from then, you know, longer trips where I might get out of town and and, and go somewhere really different, um, you know, is a really good way of you know I think mixing it up and just keeping yourself and your creativity fresh because you know you do if you keep going to the same spot (laughs) you're going to get the same shot
1: (laughs) yes absolutely
0: so what do you think is the biggest challenge facing photography right now
1: I think photographers have had so many always so many challenges and I really respect so many talented colleagues that I'm lucky enough to know and something that I see on the outside I mean for myself too it doesn't bother me as much is that I still I still don't think it's valued the way that it should be and and part of that could be because of communication techniques but it's really I know how much work goes into it whether you hike or or not I know how much work goes into it and yeah people need to not be shy about uh, inviting people in to letting them know how much work they're putting in.
0: yeah, I think I, I think it's important to let people know that uh, you know it's it's very difficult sometimes to and th- this goes to where people uh, you know professional photographers in particular, uh, trying to get clients to understand the value that is placed on the work. Because a lot of people just think in terms of phone photography or, you know, even point and shoot photography, well, you just turn up, you push a button, happy days, you know, there's your photo. That's all you got to do. And I was actually talking to uh, a, a friend of mine and he was asking uh, whether or not I'd be interested in shooting a, a sporting team with them. Um, and I said, "Well, yeah, what are you going to do with the images and so forth? And he said, "Well, I'm happy to pay you and I said, Well, what are you happy to pay me because <laughs> you might not like what I tell you <laughs> I'm going to charge you know <laughs> and when I, when I and i i didn't I didn't you know um end up charging him, went and did the shoot and whatever, but uh you know, because he's a friend, but uh, and and they weren't you know using the images commercially, it was more just for 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 the the team. Um, but that conversation, you know I, I showed him, I, just the Google search average uh, hourly rate for photographers in Australia, you know showed him that, and it's nearly three hundred and fifty bucks an hour, which surprised me that it was you know quite as uh, high as that myself um but you know if that's the average, what are the what are the expensive guys uh charging you know and but yeah it kind of blew his tiny little mind in sort of saying, okay well yeah it's uh it's a little bit more expensive and he said how do, how do you charge that? well, I said, yes there's the time going out and doing the shoot, but then there's the processing after so you know let's let's say I take 150 shots you know that could be you know say even if i went minimal and i nailed everything in 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 camera um you know probably 10 minutes per shot minimum yeah <laughs> so you know 150 times 10 we're, we're talking a thousand you know 50 minutes it's it's a lot of time to to spend on you know putting putting your images together and that's where he sort of started to click, and I think yeah you know, that that's a message that a lot of people you know don't don't register sometimes,
1: absolutely, yep, and again, I think along with that too, just a little bit of a challenge I see again is because there is so much variability um which I mean that happens in this kind of freelancing creative world, so just being able to really nail down your why and and communicate that effectively then i i think that that helps that's certainly a challenge
0: yeah definitely definitely what do you think the future is for photography
1: i know that not everybody's going to like this answer and maybe some people will click out i do think there's a great opportunity to have your work you know digitally collected or exploring the the web3 space um so that's where my brain primarily is focused right now i've seen some incredible opportunities conversations things happen with photography there even just like we just said telling people the actual value of of photography Mm -hmm. um other than that i mean the sky is the limit I think sometimes I almost want I almost worry because of, like you said mobile devices and things like that will the value decrease but I honestly think with all the different avenues that you can utilize now like look at yourself like podcasts you have workshops you have your website you have so many different things I think that almost increases I mean it certainly increases the value so Mm -hmm. even if photographers branch them I know it's so hard but just branching themselves out to doing all of these different things I think that's that's where it's going like you know you're a photographer but you also have all of these other things to you which just enhances your your values so Mm -hmm. sky's the limit with all the different platforms and things out there
0: yeah I want to talk a little bit about the social media platforms in particular and the part that they play do you see them as being positive neutral or negative influences
1: a mix of everything I think
0: all three (laughs) yeah
1: a mix of everything I mean I think again they're positive because we have the power to connect people to nature and, and tell sensitive stories and connect with each other. I've met so many amazing people mm. that I wouldn't have otherwise, but of course there's always going to be a negative side of either your heart on yourself. Maybe you're not growing like the person beside you is or yep. somebody, it looks like they're always going cool places, right? So there's, always gonna be positive and negatives to it it's it's how you manage it I think
0: yeah yeah how do you manage it
1: I'm probably not on it enough and I feel like I started it too late anyway so I don't really have that same problem um I manage it by and maybe I, and and maybe I'm the wrong person to ask because it's not my full-time right now yet what have you I'm able to turn it off when I need to and when I'm outside photographing a lot of the times I don't have surface like I depends on the day but I'm pretty good at spending time unplugging because I can and that brings me back to real life and puts my brain into perspective again
0: yeah that's cool so do you, you think that enforced unplugging really works for you
1: does work for me and I know I have a lot of photographer friends that do it more full-time and I know it's so hard for them to unplug but just I I would really encourage people to have people outside of social media or have people you can talk to um you know spend an hour a day go to the gym go for a walk don't have your phone on because You could be on here all day, twenty four seven, and I really don't think that that's healthy.
0: (laughs) No, I I totally agree. I mean, I I took a weekend uh, with my wife up the up the coast this weekend. (laughs) uh, Just gone, and yeah, took took some nice shots. Um, I think I I posted one video of while we're away, which was a a nice sunset. Showed the back of the camera, showed the sunset. That was basically it. Everything yeah. else went by the wayside. That's
1: great. And do you find it hard to un- unplug like that? Yeah, sometimes. Do you feel like you-
0: yeah, yeah. You do have that, I guess, uh, feeling of, and it's not so much the the FOMO of missing out on something, but mm-hmm. you do have that feeling that, uh, and I've, in certain platforms. You can see your engagement drop off if you're not present, and you know the 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 algorithms in you know in particular Instagram and uh, Twitter they're geared to keeping you connected to that drip feed of content, and if you're not engaging with it, and you're not engaging with other people, and they're not engaging with your work, well, if if you're not doing the first the former doesn't happen so you know your engagement drops right off you know and it's it's very difficult if it is your business i think to you know and you want to get your work out there you want to get let people know what you're doing and you know you want to know you want to let people know about your workshops or you want to let them know about a competition you're running or something yeah it can be quite a challenge but i think uh for me Unplugging is a very healthy thing too. You know, I, I, I don't really have a major problem doing it if I, you know, choose to. And it's it's making the choice that's probably the 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 hardest part to say. Okay, well, it it, it's just time to take a break and uh, and get away for for a little while. What's the what's your favorite thing about being a photographer?
1: My favorite thing. I have a few favorite things. I love getting outside. I mean, I'd get outside regardless, but I love that extra push to get outside. I love sharing the stories, again, the good, bad, and ugly, and seeing people's reactions and connecting to people. And again, just inspiring people. I think at first, I used to think sharing my art was a selfish endeavor, and that's why I didn't really do it. And then now seeing that it can impact people is one of my favorite things and why I keep going for sure. Sure,
0: sure. What's your least favorite thing about being a photographer?
1: Do I even have a least favorite thing? Um, that's a Just really good day. question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? It's so bad I don't even think about that kind of stuff. Um my least favorite thing is when i don't get what i want and i i try to really like i mentioned before like really try to manage my expectations and have a little bit of flexibility but you know sometimes it just doesn't pan out the way that you fully want it or you don't get the yep. situation the lighting this that so that can be frustrating especially when you've been staying up waiting for the lights for days or or something like that yeah it can get you down
0: yeah definitely are there any photographers that you think I should be talking to?
1: You know, Grant, I was looking at who you've already interviewed and you've <laughs> interviewed so many amazing people already. I wish I, this is a lot of hours for me to catch up on, but I'm going <laughs> well, to have to you, send you.
0: You've you got plenty of time when you're hiking, surely. <laughs>
1: exactly. I've, like, I was looking through and just so many people I know and love and love their work, so I'm going to have to send you a list after because I'm impressed That's at fine. how many people you've interviewed already.
0: <laughs> well, you're number 64, I think, now. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not uh, not a patch on Matt Payne, though, with his uh, 280-odd episodes or whatever he's up to. <laughs> he started oh, really? a bit before me, though. so <laughs>
1: Yeah. And that's really amazing. And it's something really unique. And, you know, I'm curious, like, um, why you, you kind of alluded to it, but why did you start a podcast? And what, what's your goal? Like, you want to get to 100, 200? What do you think?
0: (laughs) Uh, I, I guess why, why I started was, we were in a very uh, harsh lockdown, couldn't move more than five kilometers away from the front door. I live in suburban Sydney and it's not very inspiring for my type of photography. Um, yeah, I know there are photographers that go out and shoot telegraph poles and streetlights and you know shopping centre, car parks and shopping trolleys and whatever. And that's their thing. That's just not my thing. So uh, I was kind of looking for and it was it ended up being uh what was it 165 days like that uh so i was just looking for a creative outlet because i couldn't go out and stand knee deep in surf and take seascape shots (laughs) so it was it was really born out of that lockdown and born out of the, the desire to do something creative and i thought well you know um i've Done a little bit of sound production in the past before, so I got a bit of an idea about what I'm doing, um, not much, but you know, a bit. <laughs> um, and it was really just about you know that creative outlet and one, a, a desire, I guess, to talk to other creative people and uh, find out what made them tick a little bit. And I guess what the goal has ended up being that the initial goal was really just you know not not be bored not be you know um i I guess stifled by the the lockdown that we had and to be more creative or where it's going i guess i see it also as a means that i can use it to promote my work promote other people's work which to me is also an important thing because i really i really get a lot of joy out of you know seeing other people get success too you know it's it's important i think as a a, and i use the term very loosely a community of photographers uh to you know support one another in what we're doing and you know it's it's a way of giving back a bit to that community it's a way of um, promoting my own stuff in in certain ways so you know hopefully everybody benefits somewhere along the line
1: that's great I didn't mean to turn it on you but I was no, just no that's serious. fine <laughs> it's,
0: it, it's meant to be a conversation it's not just <laughs> me, me interrogating you as, a, as I said before the podcast
1: <laughs> great I didn't mean to put you on the spot there but that's that's fascinating and yeah you've got quite the roster already here
0: all right well, I've got one last question for you, and for a lot of my listeners, it's the most important one. Do you like pineapple on pizza?
1: No <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to think about it do you
0: uh i I don't care if it's if it's there, I won't pick it off um if I won't order one though, so it's not okay, uh, that's good yeah, it's not something that I seek out but if it's if there's a Hawaiian pizza there it's it's okay yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'm not going to say no to pizza, but definitely would not order it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Well, thank you very, very much for taking the time to talk to me, uh, Sarah. It's been absolutely wonderful getting to know you a little bit better uh, and learning more about what you do and how you do it. Where can people find your work?
1: Yeah, and likewise, Grant, your work is absolutely beautiful and I really enjoyed uh, connecting across the world in this way. Um, I mostly, social media-wise, live on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, sometimes TikTok. It's at Sarah Boychuk underscore website, com. Easy peasy.
0: No worries. I'll make sure there's links to everything in the uh, in the show notes. So oh, thank you very good. much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast on grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon.